Welcome to the Brushed Up Podcast with Lindsay Finch Art. I'm Lindsay, your fellow artist and entrepreneur, and this podcast is a resource for artists of all levels of experience and features interviews with successful creatives that will provide you with the tools and motivation you need to take your art career to the next level. So whether you're just starting out or have been working in your field for years, I'd love to hear what questions and topics you're interested in. And if I don't have all the information, I will find someone who does. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you know when our next episodes are out. And follow me at Lindsay Finch Art on social media. Today we are joined by Erica Trebor, and she's going to share with us how she began her Etsy shop called From the Ground Up Home. Make sure you follow her on social media at From the Ground Up Home. Erica, welcome to the Brush It Up podcast. This is our third episode, and I gave a little sneak peek in the last episode that you would be joining us. Everyone, this is Erica Trebor, and she is quite the savvy with Etsy and has running a business now for three years. You're also running a busy household with your two boys and your your big boy husband and your dog. So um, I admire you so much for all that you do in your life and balancing your family and your business and that's that's what I want to do and as you know our little guy is going to be here in June so I have six months where I'm trying to get everything in line so obviously it takes a while to establish yourself but could you start by just telling us a little bit about um, what your business is what do you do what do you make I own a little Etsy shop called from the ground up home And I started the company by making digitally rendered watercolor portraits. So watercolor house portraits that I create using Photoshop that are not actually hand-painted. Some people get that confused, but (laughs) Lindsay is the painter. I just know how to work Photoshop really well. So I started with the watercolor portraits, and then they did really well. And I started doing housewarming boxes where I have the house portrait in the box with a few other items. Um, a little faux plant and candle, etc. And I also do sketch portraits of houses and moving cards. We have, I think, 84 items on our shop right now. Um, so it's grown a little bit from the watercolor portraits that I started with. But I also have one employee that helps me a lot run the shop so that I can primarily be at home with the boys. We still have two young boys, so... I want to be with them as much as possible and running the household because my husband works full time too. So me and Tess just making house portraits and moving cars and all the things all on Etsy. (laughs) Well, and I have two of your works of our first townhouse and our current house. And they're so sweet up in our hallway. And it's fun to just look back and it's a sweet way to reminisce on your first home. I felt very attached and sad when we moved, Uh, and now I love our new home so much, but it's fun to have both of them together. So your work is beautiful, and I got one for my sister. So she's did, yeah. Yeah, last Christmas, so long ago now. All right, so what I'd love to hear about is how you were inspired to start this business and creating um, the portraits first uh, and how you got started with it. Yeah, so... Three, a little over three years ago, because it was right before Christmas, my 
husband's grandmother moved into a new house and we were trying to think of a Christmas gift for her because we had her for the secret Santa and Connor actually my husband thought of the idea he was like what if we did a house portrait and I was like well it's kind of close to Christmas so I don't know if we're gonna have time to get one hand drawn so we decided to try to make one on Photoshop and I have a little bit of experience with Photoshop I did a Photoshop class in high school and then I did a photography class in college so I had a little bit of background but it was also quite the learning curve trying to teach um, myself how to make watercolor portraits on Photoshop but I figured it out we gave her the watercolor portrait of her new house for Christmas and it was a big hit at Christmas so I decided to just take it from there and make them for family and friends starting off and then started the business about a month later um, and made the Etsy shop and it's been going ever since. So it all stemmed from a Christmas gift. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. neat how things like in your life happen and then all of a sudden you've grown this this business out of it and this living out of it. That's so neat. Yeah. And I didn't realize you took photography. I guess I should have said, so Erica and I met in college. We did. Yeah. yeah. And so that was years ago now. I don't recall things like I used to. So you took Adobe Photoshop in high school. I know Mm -hmm. I, I remember classes in college that I took on that Illustrator. And any little thing I have to do, I have to re-Google it. Yeah. It's just like I need refreshers on everything. So, so that's... Great, you've become so savvy in it. What was that like training someone else to do the work? Um, thankfully, the test that works for me, she was an art major at VCU. She studied mm-hmm. graphic design, and so she's actually more savvy in Photoshop than I am. She's the one that created the sketch portraits that are really popular right now in the shop. Um, but teaching her how to do the watercolor, it was so fun the first time teaching her how to do it because I felt like I was letting her in on a little secret, even though I'm sure she could have figured out how to do it on her own <laughs> without me. But um, it was not a hard process. She learned an afternoon and has really taken the business to the next level with her Photoshop skills added to what I already established as the main business. Yeah, that's great. And when you got started, what was your vision for it? I mean, did you foresee that you'd have an employee and that you'd have steady business and this great shop? It took off way more than I ever expected it to, especially in that first six months. Um, I remember the first month I got, I think, 11 sales. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. If I could do 11 portraits every month, that would just like add a little bit of income for our family, some fun money. And then it got to the point where I was really overwhelmed with the amount of work that I was having to put into it because we were getting so many orders. And um, I'm thankful that I was able to find tests that could help me because I couldn't keep up with it and keep up with the boys in the house and everything. So... No, I did not envision it going in the direction that it did, (laughs) but I'm very thankful. Yes. Well, it's one of those things where you get started and you don't, you just don't know what the possibilities are. Yeah. And how old were the boys when you started? I guess I could count back. I started it right after Beckett, our youngest, turned one. 
So Beckett was one, Charles was three and a half, and I was ready. I I knew that I wanted to do something part time um, that I could do from home that would have flexibility, which is limiting. You kind of have to do something on your own. There aren't many jobs I think that you can do from home part time and have flexibility. So mm-hmm. from the ground up was born. So that was kind of in the back of our minds starting the business, trying to find something that I could do and still be with the boys most of the time. Yeah, you've built it for like incredible. From the ground up. From the ground up. (laughs) Did you come up with the name of that really early on? I mean, you started your Etsy shop, but like, did that come up before you started it? And you thought, wow, that'd be a great name for this type of business. Or did you have to think hard about it? I had to think hard about it. It's actually inspired from the Dan and Shay song from the ground up. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that, but it is. Yeah. That song came out when I was pregnant with Charles, our first. And we just, it makes me cry every time I listen to it. Oh. I love that song so much. It's the perfect little love story song. And so that's where it came from, actually. And once we started, or actually, I think I was creating the Etsy website. And I was like, I have to think of a name. And that was what came to mind, that song. Nice. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that song. It will go through my head the rest of the day now. (laughs) But that's a good one to have. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good one. It's so sweet. Yeah. So for people who are trying to grow a business and use Etsy, and that's part of my business is my Etsy shop, and you were so kind to work with me on starting my Etsy shop. And it was so much more than copy and pasting a picture into a listing. Mm-hmm. So where did you, your Etsy was the first thing that you established for your business or was it there? Was, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what did you do next? Um, I'm primarily just on Etsy. Yeah. Um, I made the Etsy account. And then once the business started taking off a little bit, like around started in January Around June, I think, is when I started the Instagram page. Mm -hmm. But we don't sell on Instagram. I need to look into that. Um, But I started the Instagram page and then a Facebook page around the same time. But we primarily just use Etsy. We advertise on Etsy. We do all of our, like, QuickBooks and stuff through Etsy. And that was just a lot of Googling and learning on the fly. My husband helped me a lot. He's very business savvy. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) he handles all the nitty gritty business stuff that I don't fully understand (laughs) so that I can focus on the creative side. Yeah. Well, can you, can you explain a little bit about how you run your advertising? Because there was more to it again than I expected there to be, but how do you, how has the advertising helped make your business more successful The advertising we almost exclusively do through Etsy and you can set a daily budget on what you want to spend um, for your marketing budget through Etsy and they market for you on Etsy and on, I think they do it through Facebook and Instagram too. Um, So I don't have to create ads. Etsy does all of that for me. Um, So they promote it on Etsy and that really, once we started doing that, like advertising through Etsy is when it really took off. 
It's not a good so you, you set your budget. <laughs> yeah, you set your budget. And then is it when people click on the ad that you get charged for the ad? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how you do don't you... get charged until then. Okay. And how did you kind of know? I know, I think in the beginning they have a limit for mm-hmm. how much you can set your budget for. But how do mm-hmm. you monitor raising the budget versus how much you're making or how do you kind of keep the ratio? So in the beginning, we would just increase it by, I think, $10 a week just to see where if that was making us money, basically, if the return on investment was positive. But now I think we have it at the max maximum amount and then... It just depends on the day if it hits the maximum amount or mm-hmm. not. But that's all Etsy does all of that for you. So you're never going to be spending more on advertising than you're making from it. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. It is. It's so nice that that's kind of autonomous. And we trial and aired it in the beginning. And then now we just kind of let it go. Let Etsy do all the hard work for us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they have their little their fees and charges for certain things. So it's good Mm -hmm. to put them to work. Can you talk about the fees? Um, I see a lot of, I haven't researched it a whole lot, but I see articles or um, creators who talk about, you know, how fees work on Etsy and, and it works for some people and some people doesn't always seem to work for. So what are the fees all about? I don't know a lot about the fees, honestly. I it's one of those things you look it. the other way. <laughs> I, yeah. I, well, kind of. We did sort of like a little mini analysis on um, the fees and if it was worth it versus trying to move it. Well, we looked into a different platform that didn't have as many fees, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the advertising. So you have to do all the advertising yourself. And we figured that because we don't have to deal with the advertising and it's generating so much revenue for us that Mm -hmm. we just suck it up and pay the Etsy fees. And it's still more profitable than if we were to move to a different site right? and not have the fees, but have to pay for advertising. Yeah. So that, that makes it sense. all comes back to that. To yeah. Marketing and- I mean, Etsy has become such a household name mm-hmm. and a trusted household name that you just you just want to go there to know that you can get something that's of quality and that's the reviews. Right. And then for the business owners, it does the, the advertising mm-hmm. so well. Yeah, they're very good at protecting the customer and the seller. They have so many policies in place, and it's one. Of, it's like everybody has a fee for something. So I've done mm-hmm. a lot of research into other sites that are either online shops or print-on-demand or online galleries. Everybody has, you know, a price for for something. Right. So, and it sounds like you guys are making it work to your advantage. Mm-hmm. So. Ads push out your business to people, but how about like making your business searchable or show up at the top of a search? Is that SEO that you, you know, using the right verbiage and stuff? 
So SEO, we have um, tags on each of our listings, and we can look at the stats on our specific listings, and it tells us what keywords are being searched the most and clicked on the mm -hmm. most. So we add all those tags to, I think, all of our listings. And I can't think of any of them right now. I think housewarming, something, housewarming gift is one of the top ones. Um, I'm not going to give away all my secrets, obviously. Okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the tags really help with that. And then when you're doing the advertising through Etsy, they also sponsor your listings. So it'll show up at the top as a sponsored post. But to get it up there organically, I think is mostly through the tags that you add onto your listings. And how often are you looking at your analytics and tags to see what's being searched? We look at it once a month, but now that it's pretty like stable, we don't change it very often. Okay. Like if we add a new listing that's a little bit different than something that we've ever put up before, like we started doing um, some digital files last year so we analyze those more frequently um just to make sure that they're performing to their capacity but yeah i would say once a month okay so often we look at that and are the tags the same as no i guess they're not the same but as the title of what the item is because i know you can put in so many words to help make it searchable um, some of them are, but I think you can have 13 tags, so you have more tags, but okay. usually the words in the title are also tags, and then there's just some more descriptive words for the tags. Because <laughs> I, I remember you helping me set mine up, and there was so much thought put into what each listing was going to be called and how many, you know, using up all of the, the letter count and... Get all the information out there then you can see what performs best and adjust accordingly. So when you create your listings and you have digital files to work from, which is nice, do you do any photography of things that are framed or do you have certain sites that you like to make your displays for your listings? So for things like framed prints, we do, we buy mock-ups on Creative Market so we could just insert our image into the frame and it just looks so much more professional and mm -hmm. clean. But then for things like the housewarming box, I think it's only the housewarming. Oh, and the ornaments. We have to take pictures of that, obviously, because there's not really a mock-up of the housewarming box that we created <laughs> or yeah. the ornaments. So we do get to do photography for that. And that's really fun to do in-house, like have a photography day set aside and try to find the best lighting in the office. But it's a lot more intimidating at the same time because with the mock-ups, you literally just put it in there and yeah. call it a day. <laughs> Already tried and true. Did you get a special yeah. camera or do you use your phone? We sometimes use our phone, but Connor actually, my husband has a Canon fancy camera oh. that we use too. Okay. So. Yeah, it came in handy. He's had it for, I don't know, since college. Long okay. time, but it still works. There yeah. is something about having a real camera that you take really high quality pictures. Mm -hmm. One of those things I keep saying I'll invest in, and I'm like, oh, I guess it's my 
my iPhone again. <laughs> this one. My iPhone's a really good quality yeah. too. So how do you schedule? You said you will schedule a day for photography. How do you mm-hmm. schedule out your week or decide what's going to be the most prominent part of your work? Yeah. Yeah. So I have pretty limited time to work. Since Beckett, our youngest, is still at our church preschool, and he only goes three days a week for three hours. So I drop him off, come back to the desk, and just get as much done as I can. And usually, he so he goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I have three hours Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings that I have to work, unless there's a grandparent is keeping him for afternoon or something, which is rare. But usually on Tuesday mornings after I drop him off, I make a to-do list and just go through and I check all the stats and figure out what needs to be done for inventory or ask Tess what she needs from me. And then I just figure out what I need to do for the rest of the week. But every week looks different, honestly. Usually I do like inventory management pretty far, like pretty high on the priority list. And then when we were more active on social media, I would start with the social media too and just go from there see what needs to be done and get it done my little window (laughs) yeah you have to utilize that time so carefully Mm -hmm. so you like to work with a to-do list yes a to-do list always i have i'll show it to you my little well you can't see it on the podcast but on the video i have my to-do list with my notes and then every day is all planned out and we get it done nice do you limit yourself to have so many things to get done each day or do you list everything you can think of sometimes that can be overwhelming it is usually I list everything that I can think of that needs to be done just so I can prioritize yeah so I don't miss something important like I try to think of my priorities and then the extra stuff can wait until later in the week or the next week or I can delegate it to test do you ever get to the end of the week and feel kind of defeated like you didn't get through some of the big things you wanted to get through and I'm asking this because I feel like this all the time and I'm trying to like go this feeling of you know relating your worth to what you get done in the day or even just you know things around the house or how do you manage the separation I guess of like not taking on the overwhelmingness of thing of life sometimes I think time blocking has really helped with that Mm. I probably like mid last year got in a really bad habit of not prioritizing work in the hours that Becky was at school mm-hmm. and I have to do that or it just doesn't get done because once he's home or once the older one's home it just doesn't happen so I know that from really 10 to noon it's work time I'm going to be at the desk I'm going to be working on my priorities there instead of switching over the laundry and starting dinner in the crock pot and all the other things that I could be doing at home but aren't going to progress work. So that's helped a lot with it, but I think I still struggle with feeling defeated and like I don't get everything done that I wanted to get done. It depends on the season too. Now that we're in the slower months, I feel like I can get most things done that I need to. But Christmas time and November is another story. I never feel like I have enough time in the day. Yeah. But yeah, time blocking has really helped with that. And 
not doing housework when I don't have kids at home, <laughs> even though I want to. That's such good advice. Wow. Yeah. And I, I don't have kids at home, but sometimes I will... I will put off doing work work because I'm like, oh, I haven't vacuumed in two weeks. Maybe I'll do that now. Yeah. And I like use that as an excuse to like put off something that's going to take up more mental energy or yeah, time blocking. That is really great advice. I'm going to work on that. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. And it's not perfect. I mean, if something needs to be switched to the laundry, sometimes I still do it, but yeah. Trying to stick to being at the desk for even if it's just an hour Mm -hmm. to focus on whatever I need to focus on for that day. New products, inventory. How do you set the stage for being productive? Kind of create an environment where you're focused. Do you listen to something or, you know close the door or make your to-do list, meditate? What it, Do you do anything routinely every day? Uh, the first thing I do when I get to my desk is make sure it's cleared off. I feel like if I have a clean space, then I have a clear mind. And that's yeah. just life in general. Like yeah. I can't start cooking until the, cooking dinner until the kitchen's clean. Yeah. I don't know if that's just a me thing or a other people thing, but I have to make sure the space is clean. And then if I do listen to something, it can't have words. Like it has to be classical or acoustic. And then if Connor's in the office with me, that goes out the window because he plays whatever he wants to play. But if I like really need to get stuff done, he needs to be out of the office. I need to just have a clean space, music without lyrics, and go off my to-do list instead of whatever I feel like doing. (laughs) That is such sound advice. Wow, as I like hid everything on the surface of my work <laughs> area before we started this video. I struggle oh. with that so much. But that's it's really hard. a skill that you have to train yourself and create a habit with. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not always perfect, but right now the desk is pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, well, and you've had to create different systems for your packaging and your printing. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us about how you've organized your space? Sure. So it's a little bit chaotic since we haven't reset from the holidays, Mm -hmm. but we have everything organized on um, shelves. Everything has a place where it needs to go. And then we have back stock. So if when we order certain things like frames, we get a lot more than we can fit on our shelves, so we put it in our back stock room, which is off our laundry room in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we've just like found a system that works in the space that we're in. We have our shipping labels near the printer with our paper, and then our boxes and frames and housewarming things on the shelf, which is not close to the printer. I (laughs) you do all of your printing in house, right? You've Mm -hmm. got your fancy printer now. Yes, thank goodness. Changed business. It's changed it a lot. I feel like we have more time now because we used to get everything printed at Office Depot. Secrets Mm -hmm. of the system, but now we print everything in house. All the cards. Christmas gets a little bit crazy because we have so many Christmas cards. 
and they take longer to print than just a typical like print or yeah, just print, I guess is the only other thing we print. But it's been really nice to not have to worry about waiting on somebody else to get the printing done. We can get it done when we have time for mm-hmm. it. We can rush order items if they need to be sent out really quickly. We can reprint things pretty easily if something happens and we need to reprint something. But it's streamlined everything. Yeah. And made it really, really nice. That's <laughs> great. I always think like travel time is not always added into like your day. And then you have like your tasks like, oh, I got to go to Office Depot, Mm -hmm. which will take, you know, five, 10 minutes to pick up, but you have to drive to and from. Yeah. So you've saved yourself some time there. And I see that you have some of your packing, your packaging materials behind you. Where Mm -hmm. do you get your boxes and your bubble wrap? And how do you manage all of the, the shipping? So I have a inventory document where I like put down where we buy everything, coupons for that store if we like regularly use coupons at one of the stores. But we get our frames from Michaels. We get our boxes from USPS. We do flat rate shipping, which makes that pretty easy. Where do we get bubble wrap? Star boxes is where we get our bubble wrap. We used to do Uline, but their shipping is really expensive. And Starbucks is free, so. Oh, wow. Where we get our bubble wrap. We get some of our supplies from Amazon. Makes that easy. Like our printing paper, our cards, our envelopes, ink we buy from a printing company, Adorama. So it just, it varies. We find the cheapest and go with that. Because <laughs> shipping is like a whole nother thing. I've tried to add print-on-demand options with Printify mm-hmm. to my shop for any printing because like like I came to you the day that I had someone order one physical paper print and I didn't know what I didn't know what to do with this. Like, how do I ship this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I came you want to do it efficiently. Efficiently and shipping can get expensive. Yeah, so. well, I I ship my paintings and build my boxes, and it does get expensive. It does. Do you ship many of your um, housewarming baskets, or do you mostly ship them, or do you get a lot? We of mostly things? ship them. Wow. So they're in a bigger box, not the USPS flat rate ones. We have to do that. I mean, it's still through USPS, but it's not a flat rate box. And then we stuff it with crinkle paper mm-hmm. so that nothing gets broken or shifts around too much. How much does that weigh? That's a good question. I think it's under 10 pounds, between 5 okay. and 10 pounds. Okay. Yeah, so not crazy, but... Do you weigh your boxes to create your shipping labels and what kind of scale... Do you have? We, we do can... not. So because we use the flat rate mostly. Oh, yeah. And then we measure or we weigh. How did we weigh? I think we went to the USPS store and weighed one of our housewarming boxes. Okay. And used that same measurement for all of them because it's all it's the same items yeah. in yeah. each one. So if we had more variety, I'm sure that we would invest in a scale. But yeah. 
for now. We I have like that. a food scale. Hey, that works. And it's okay. Yeah, or sometimes I stand on the scale and then I get off the scale and I stand on it with my box and it's <laughs> actually pretty accurate that way. Oh. And if it's not, UPS tells me. Oh, yeah. They I'll will tell you the difference. You. We actually had one, I think, last week that they had to adjust for us because we entered the wrong weight. So they'll catch you on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. It was very empowering to walk into UPS Christmas time with my labels mm-hmm. already made it on the box and drop it off on the counter. Everyone in Just line is looking it. at you walk in like, what is oh. she doing? <laughs> I'm like, hi. <laughs> hi, all done. But you have, you schedule pickups. Is that right? I schedule pickups. Okay. Yeah. So we have great relationship with our male lady. Yeah. <laughs> right. She comes in our driveway and picks up our packages for us. Wow. Is that yeah. extra to have her do? It's not extra. No, she oh, just. I think I need to switch to USPS. Huh. It's nice. I think you can schedule pickups with FedEx and UPS, but it costs. But you've done a good job of automating or delegating your tasks that need to be done. Yes, that's key. I mean, there's always new things to figure out, but for the most part, it's pretty streamlined. And so you've added, as you've grown your business, you've added different products. Mm -hmm. How does that come to be? Or how do you know that that's going to be something like the housewarming gifts seems like that was a natural progression. And then you started cards and um, Mm -hmm. the invitations and things like that. How do you know this is what we're going to do and like go for it? Usually at the beginning of the year, we'll have like a brainstorming session, Tess and mm-hmm. I, and sometimes Connor jumps in because he's nosy and <laughs> sometimes has good ideas, but we usually have a brainstorming session on what's working, what's not working. We actually recently took off a few items from the shop that were just more time consuming than they were worth. So we'll brainstorm some new ideas, think about how we can practically implement creating them and then go from there. We keep an eye on the market and see what's doing well with other shops. Try to think of new things like the housewarming boxes. There really wasn't one on Etsy. Mm. So that's where that came from. We were Trail like, blazer. Trail blazer. Yeah, we could do that. We could think of a few things that you would want in a new house or yeah. to gift to someone with a new house and then we make it happen. And that's what we do usually in our slower months. So like January, February, usually late summer is a slower time too that we can focus on new product development. But just a lot of brainstorming and working together and then making it happen. Is having more listings good for your, like does that help push your Etsy shop out there? The more listings you have? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it really has an impact other than it just keeps the momentum going. Like our watercolor portraits are not, it's not one of our best sellers anymore. And that's what we started the business with. That was the best seller on Etsy. So there's more shops that are doing it, maybe more efficiently than I'm doing it. And I just haven't figured out how to do it more efficiently. I'm not sure why, but it's just kind of kept it going. Yeah. To think see, of new products and stay relevant, really. Market. 
mm-hmm. with the changing market. Yeah. It's interesting how it ebbs and flows and right with the season and like the springtime we saw a ton of housewarming boxes. But then around Christmas we barely saw any of them. It's wow. mostly Christmas cards and sketch house house portraits. And then in the springtime again, we'll probably sell more housewarming boxes. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because they say more people buy that time of year. Do you um, assess your prices and change them often or kind of? Probably twice a year. And if I notice a change in inventory costs, oh. like the price of our cards went up. So we had to change the price of our cards gotcha. in I think that was October, but we take a look at it like every six months or so Mm -hmm. just to make sure that we're still on track. Do you have good advice for people in dealing with customers on Etsy, customer service? Oh man, people can be mean. Yeah. (laughs) And you just have to not take it personally and know, stand behind your product and your services. A lot of our more difficult customers come from the personalization. So if you don't have a thick skin, maybe maybe offer something that doesn't have personalization. Because people okay. don't fully understand how much work goes into taking out a tree in your front yard for a portrait. Or, yeah. Can you do <laughs> I mean, that I to mine? Until I realized how much time it took. And then we took the tree down anyway in the yard. Oh, did you? The tree's not there. Yeah, it died. It's not there anymore. Oh, gosh. So I think just, like, sticking to your boundaries. Know that people aren't always going to – I mean, most of our customers are very nice and understanding. And if something happens, we're – like, we've had a few, probably three packages get ruined in the mail. And so they receive their package, and it's just a destroyed print. And it's not our fault, and it's not, well, it's probably the male's fault. But most people are very understanding when things like that happen, but then you have the rare person that's mean and demands a refund, and you just give them the refund and move on. Because that's the easiest way to just make the customer happy, but keep your integrity intact, too. Mm -hmm. But I think just knowing that, not everybody's going to love your product, and that's okay when you're doing, like, a mass of orders. Yeah, well, I'm sure you have enough happy customers to kind of outweigh oh, any yeah. any bad feelings. But sometimes it takes one, mm-hmm. one person to give you a, a run one for your person. money. Is there anything else that you can think of you'd like, you think would be important for, for someone who's trying to grow their Etsy business? Or trying to get on to Etsy to grow their art business? I think just starting without having it all figured out. Mm. Figuring it out as you go. A lot of Google. Reach out to other people that are doing similar things. And get their advice on things that aren't secrets of the trade, maybe. Yeah, I think just figuring it out as you go and being passionate about what you're doing will carry you through all the trials like yeah that's (laughs) that's great advice because the fear of the unknown will keep you from excelling 
So you yeah. gotta push past that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, push past the fear and just do it. And yeah. Be have you made in your abilities? Have you made connections with people in a similar field as you from your business? I've made more connections with realtors than I have other people that are doing similar things. Yes. But they are very encouraging and will give advice on what they think would do well and mm-hmm. kindly critique if something isn't up to par. So that's who I really go to for advice and um, encouragement. If I need encouragement, they always hype me up. <laughs> yeah. Because we have a lot of regulars that know our product, know our business, and and then share our business. and. It works out for everybody. Good. Well, that's all I have for you, I think, for today. I'll probably think of more questions as the day goes on, but <laughs> we can hop on again and yeah. piecemeal it together. Yes. Well, I hope that you do join again on the podcast. Thank you for taking this special time of your work time while your your boys are at school. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all your wisdom. Hopefully it's helpful to somebody else out there. Yeah, I, I think it will. you yeah. including me on this. Yes. It's so exciting. My first interviewee. Yeah, you nailed it. On things, so I'm going to, I got a couple things to t- take care of my space and stock up on shipping stuff and all those good oh, things. Yeah. So Yeah, don't run out because then it delays everything. Yeah, it's so <laughs> true. Not efficient to run out. Well, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I'm honored to be your first your first person on here. Yes. It's exciting. <laughs> Thanks for including me. You're welcome. Be sure to head over to Instagram and follow Erica at From the Ground Up Home and find her shop on Etsy. Well that's it for today. I hope you've been inspired by the brushed up podcast with Lindsay Finch Art. Don't forget to hit subscribe and please follow me at Lindsay Finch Art on social media. Talk to you next time.